the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a Tuesday. I'm back. Uh, my thanks to the Secretary of Treasury, State of Arkansas, uh, Dennis Milligan, for filling in for me yesterday. Uh, I wanted to be here, but uh, had a family uh, emergency. Uh, my daughter fell and hit her head, and it knocked her out cold. And then when she uh, woke up, she couldn't talk. And she had a, a really bad seizure during the time that she was unconscious. And so uh, they've got her in the hospital. She can now talk again coherently. She can, uh, they've done, uh, uh, what was an EKG, they did that, that was fine. They did CAT scan, that's fine. They're doing an EEG today. And if that is negative, then I guess she gets to go home. So uh, thank you for all your prayers. I appreciate that. And uh, it was a little bit, uh, how shall we say, it was a little bit uh, trying for a few minutes. So I let uh, Zach and, and Russ know that I would not be here yesterday. I found somebody to fill in, and Dennis was the second person I called, and he could do it. First person said, just can't. I wish I could, Dave. I'm your best friend, but I... I just can't, and you can make a guess at who that was, but he couldn't make it in, so uh, I thank him for trying. But the bottom line is she's going to be fine. I'm here today, and it's good to be here back behind the microphone again. You know, I'm thinking about I should take the Comrex unit to my house, uh, Zach, and I can do my show from my house. I just might do that. I mean, it seems like everybody's saying, Social distancing, social distancing, and I guess 35 miles between you and I would be enough social distancing. Do you believe? I think that probably would be enough. But, yeah, got to, we got a whole problem uh, right now. I, the, the mayor of uh, Little Rock is starting his uh, curfew starting on tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Was it tomorrow he's starting? Uh, okay, it is. Midnight to 5 a.m.? You got to be inside. If they stop you and you don't have some kind of letter or something, uh, you know, uh, they're going to they're gonna whack your PP or something. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but you get in trouble. Uh, they're talking uh, amongst the uh, elite in Washington. And when they start talking like this, you know, it's kind of scary about closing down restaurants, closing down bars. Because, as the guy from the CDC said, 
we're not social distancing ourselves well enough. Just really, it's just strange. I'm just Ed. It's it's strange. Ed Monk's here today from, uh, of course, uh, Last Resort Firearm Training. Uh, we've got a guest with him coming up here in just a few seconds. I'm getting a little concerned about this because they call them these things curfews. Now, I know that your next guest is a lawyer. What's the difference between a curfew and martial law? I think a curfew can be part of a martial law oh, if, it's for, okay. if it's for adults. So what you're telling me is the radio station has given you papers. So when the government agents ask you for your papers, you can show them to them. That's exactly right. And if you don't have your papers. Pull over, citizen. We have things to talk to you about. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Who's our guest? Uh, should be this hour, Whit Hyman, an attorney uh, out of Fort Smith, a young, brilliant attorney out of Fort Smith uh, who wrote the appeal, the successful appeal uh, to the Arkansas State Court of Appeals. Okay, and this deals with carrying a firearm, correct? Carrying a concealed firearm without a license. All right. Whit, how are you? I'm great. I, I can't take all the credit. I was one of three attorneys uh, on that case. So, But I, I, I think I wrote um, – most of the initial brief. Let me ask you a question. This is not, I kind of alluded to it as a lawyer, when they start talking about closing down uh, restaurants and things of that nature and curfews and stuff, how close are we to martial law? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, but I, it seems like a first amendment violation to me. We have the right to assemble. I mean, it's right there in the in the First Amendment. So, I think people should, you know, social distance themselves. But when it's mandated by the government, uh, that seems like a violation. Yeah, man, it, it really it this is starting to concern me because this is the situation that always I brought up with people to that people would be willing to give up their rights in certain at certain times. That to me is dangerous. Or the government tells you to give up your rights, and people go along with it. It's enough, you know. It's one thing if they say, you know, you should be social distancing, and then let us make up our mind if we want to do it or not. It's a totally different thing when they say, you know, uh, mine here says you must do it. Yeah, you know, uh, if people want to voluntarily not assemble, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But when the government starts saying you have to, um, you know, I just it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I, I know there's a leap, but I'm just not sure how far of a leap between the government saying we are going to restrict your right, your very specifically described right to assembly. We're going to violate your First Amendment rights to assemble because of the possibility you might spread a dangerous virus. Not not a, not deadly for most people, but dangerous. How big of a leap is that? From we're going to we're going to restrict your right to assemble because you might spread a dangerous virus to we're going to restrict your right to assemble because in doing so you might spread dangerous ideas now listen what what's sitting here going i didn't come on this show for this (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just comes up i mean it it just came up for me because i didn't know about these letters until late last night i was sent a an email by our uh, operations manager and said dave you get in print off these letters so that when you're coming into work on uh, basically Thursday morning, you'll have them have them on your person. 
because you could be pulled over because I get here just a little bit before five. So I don't know. It just, it's just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know what I'm saying, Whit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this court case. We've spoken about it on the air a couple of times. Uh, Robert Steinbach was here just last Friday. He's a, a legal professor over at the Bowen School of Law, and we talked about this. This is a major uh, case and one that, uh, does it say to people of, of Arkansas yet, do you think it's clear enough that it says, hey, you have the right to uh, keep and bear arms, like what the Second Amendment said? You can you can walk around with a gun on you. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they make it very clear that, yeah, well, they, you know, it's it's a court decision, so they, it's never going to say exactly what we want it to. Uh, but it basically says we can't find any crime that he committed, but by carrying this firearm concealed, even though he was so drunk, he was asked to leave a bar and on his way out tore a door off the hinges. You know, he committed public intox. He committed criminal mischief. He was found guilty of those and didn't appeal those. Um, but he was not guilty of the crime of carrying a weapon or any other crime regarding the guns. Yep. With the, the two big things I got out of this, I think was the court said that to be found guilty of the misdemeanor of carrying a weapon, you must have intent. The evidence, there must be evidence there that the person not only had the gun, but had intent to use it illegally as a weapon against another human and that the state has the burden to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you had that intent. Is that accurate? Yes. Uh, you know, like in, like in Taft v. State, I, I wish, I really do wish Petrie v. State was groundbreaking. Um, but it, honestly, it wasn't. Anybody who read Taft v. State would have would have assumed that clearly Petrie v. State, this, this case that just came down, was obvious. Unfortunately, after Taft v. State, there were plenty of law enforcement officials and um, people who just don't like guns claiming that Taft v. State didn't say what it said. Uh, but now I think I think it should conclusively you know, settle the matter because all of their excuses have been dispelled with Petri v. State. Is it is it good in a way that we did have this new one because Taft dealt with carrying openly and now this one deals with carrying concealed, so it kind of covers both bases? Right. Uh, that's uh, kind of. Uh, Taft already did that for us, but there were people out there who who were not lawyers who probably don't really like guns reading Taft v. State, coming up with excuses like, well, that was that was open carry. You know, there's nothing in there that says you can't concealed carry. And, um, you know, now that we have Petri v. State, it's it's taken away from those arguments. But I've been saying ever since Taffy State that the conversation's over, the argument's over. And I don't have it in uh, front of me, but wasn't there language in Taff from the court that said this is, the law is clear in Arkansas that it's not a crime to carry without a license? Right. They they said they said things like uh, it's it's obvious from reading the statute that you don't that there was no crime being committed here. You know, and so, I like I like that because, again, I'm a concealed carry instructor. I kept hearing in the media amongst politicians and different people that, well, you know, carrying without a license, that's kind of a gray area. And I'm like, well, I'm no attorney. Um, 
but it looks very clear to me that, that there's an element of the crime now with Act 746 that you have to prove intent. Just possession of the gun is not is not enough for an arrest or a charge or a conviction of the crime. It seemed very clear to me. And I think people saying, well, it's not really clear. It's gray. We're just using that uh, because they didn't like the fact that, in fact, it was clear. Yes. And if you, if you look at uh, the arguments that the uh, Arkansas State Attorney General's office made in fighting this, they tried to drag in every statute that had nothing to do with carrying a weapon in Arkansas to make it a crime. Uh, they were talking about, well, if you look at 573-306, the Prohibited Places Act, act you can't carry in a bar and that's not true uh you can carry in a bar and the prohibited places act is just a list of places if you read the very top a list of places that having a concealed handgun license does not authorize you to carry well in the united states of america generally the law is not a list of things i'm allowed to do right it's a list of things i'm not allowed to do so all of 573-306 is pretty much just a suggestion now. Now, the Arkansas State Police are probably going to try to take away your concealed handgun license if you're caught in any of those places. But realistically, uh, I think you've got a strong argument to fight them in court on that because it's just something that says you're not authorized. Uh, you know, I... It's 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 wild all these arguments they were pulling out. Like there's um, there's another statute in in the concealed handgun license scheme that talks about how if you're convicted of a of an alcohol related offense or a crime involving alcohol that they shall take away your concealed handgun license. And the Arkansas Attorney General's office was was quoting all these different things, and and our response every single time was criminal laws are supposed to be clear. This criminal law, you know, has three or four elements that lays out the crime. You have to be in possession of a handgun. You have to have the purpose to use against another person. Uh, you have to have the intent to use that firearm against another person unlawfully. And then there were a bunch of defenses. But the but the issue is, you know, it's it's a criminal law, so it's supposed to be clear. I was in a training event, and this is probably two or three years ago, but it was at, clearly at, well after 746. And I was in a training event where a, a police officer, I'm not going to say his name, I'm not going to say his agency, but he was an active police officer. And, and the question came up, is it true we can carry legally without having a license? And you you probably know the Attorney General's office every two years, I think, puts out this little quick reference guide for law enforcement officers. And uh, he had that, and he and he and he shook it in the air, and he says, you know, this is this book by the attorney general's office that tells us the law, and there's nothing in here that says you can carry without a license. And it just it, it made me shudder. Here's a police officer there's saying, there's nothing in there that says you can't. Carry. That's right. There's nothing in there that says you can carry a Bible or go that's to right. church. And Absolutely. I, it just it shuddered me that there was a police officer who had taken an oath trying to convince people that if this book published by a government office didn't tell you you could do it then you can't do it when it's the exact opposite you can do anything that the law does not make a a crime okay we're going to come back and pursue this line of uh, discussion when we return here the dave ellswick show we are on with you to bring you up to date on everything that's going on and uh, this is a very important time for uh, gun owners here in the state of arkansas i I firmly believe that. I think now 
we have these people that are trying to take away our rights to keep and bear arms on their heels. We'll continue to talk with our uh, attorney that's joining us today, and uh, we will uh, hear from news at the bottom of the hour in a few moments. It's uh, 48 degrees, 622 here on the Dave uh, Ellswick Show. 30% chance of some rain today with a high near 58 more coming. Well, we got to hold it right now. I just looked over and Zach had to step out of the studio because so he can't push my button over there. Not my button, but the button on the station. <laughs> I don't want him to push my button. So why we got the moment, let me pick up here. This is a is, is this another example of something that's going to have to go to the Supreme Court before it finally, finally gets put to bed? I don't think so. Today, or actually technically I think yesterday was the last day that they could have appealed to the Arkansas Supreme Court. Well, to be honest, it might be today. I'd have to check my calendar. Uh, but they usually, if they're going, if the, if the Arkansas Attorney General's office is going to appeal, then they would have done it by now. Uh, and today's the last day for them to do it, probably. And if they don't appeal to the Arkansas Supreme Court, we'll have two Court of Appeals opinions on point for anybody who's facing this crime. And it would be really unfair for the Arkansas Supreme Court to come in years later and say, well, these these two other Court of Appeals decisions, we're going to disregard those because they were erroneous and we're going to find somebody guilty of carrying a weapon. That would be unheard of because criminal statutes are supposed to be clear so people know what not to do and what to do. So I don't I don't think this has to go to the Arkansas Supreme Court after this. We've got we've got two opinions directly on point from the Court of Appeals. Eight of the twelve um justices on the Court of Appeals have concurred or agreed with an opinion that says carrying a weapon with or without a license is legal. The other four have not been asked, so we've got a hundred percent of the Court of Appeals judges that have been asked asked to give an opinion agree that you don't need a license to carry. I can't imagine that the Supreme Court years later or would ever overturn these decisions. It just wouldn't make any sense. All right, sit there. We'll be right back with you. I've got a follow-up question for you, and I think it's the one that's going through a lot of people's minds right now as they listen to the show. It's uh, 48 degrees, 625, our break, uh, 51 in Hot Springs, by the way, and 49 in Pine Bluff here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me tell you what, if you've not been to All Aboard, you need to go there and eat. It's a great place to have uh, lunch, good place to have an early dinner if you would so desire uh, as well. And it gets delivered by a train. That's very cool. All right, so the, the question that that uh, has me concerned. And you tell me if you don't think that people aren't rolling this over in their head. And that is, so if a cop pulls me over and asks me if I have a firearm, I say yes. They want to see my concealed carry license. I don't have one. Uh, What's to keep me from being arrested? Is he still with us? Did we lose him? Are you there? No. Uh, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> so I was talking, but now that was going out. So the the issue is this: 
this case, I believe, creates clear enough law that even if you are arrested, I think you've got a great lawsuit against the police officer because he should be on notice that after Taft and after Petrie that it is legal to carry a weapon without a license. And especially if you're driving in your vehicle, uh, you know, if you're you may fall under one of the defenses to the statute that and it, it, we've got a case right now uh, where I'm going to sue some of the police officers at a Greenbrier from a case that happened in 2016. Or we know who that is. Right. And and so it's very likely that you are that the police officer arresting you for this is, is violating the law as it's been in place since 1840 or when, whenever our constitution right. was put in place, because, you know, carrying a weapon to some degree is, has always been, um, I guess, regulated in that sense. But the, I mean, Arkansas has always allowed people to carry when they were on a journey. So, you know, it's, I, as a criminal defense attorney about, at least 20% of the cases I have, the person, even if you believe everything that the police officer says in his report, the person was breaking the law. So that that is a, just a risk you have with, with living life in America, I suppose, is that you could be arrested for just about anything. All right. We've got news coming up. Can you stick with us for just a few more moments? Sure. Okay. We're going to hold our attorney. We'll be back in a moment. But right now, let's get to the news and bring you up to date. Our attorney from uh, Fort Smith, Whit Hyman, is with us. Uh, he was the attorney in this last case and uh, dealing with carrying a handgun without a license. And what is this case being known as? Petri v. State. Okay. And, uh, you know, even though you might tell a police officer, I'm carrying without a license under the auspices of this particular uh outcome in the appellate court system and it says that i i can uh of course i believe the second amendment says i can uh without any further argument but uh if you would happen to have your gun take away if for instance they put you behind bars for a while do you, are you able to seek any kind of restitution against the uh police department well, against the police department, maybe. Against the individual police department, yes. After this case, for sure. Um, you know, they, of course, Petrie would not be allowed to do that. If if this were to happen today, Petrie would not be able to get any kind of recourse, right? Because in his case, he was, he was publicly intoxicated and he was breaking other people's things. So mm-hmm. he can't sue. Right. <laughs> right. Just because, right. He, just because he also happened to be charged with with a crime he wasn't guilty of uh, does not does not mean he really has any uh, extra way to sue. I mean, he might be able to sue and get a dollar. But even then, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't take that case just just because it, it may not be against your civil rights to to also be charged with another low level crime that you just happen not to be guilty of. But yes, the average person who is walking around or driving around, uh, carrying openly or concealed, they are not committing a crime. So if they're arrested, then yes, I I think they could they could sue a police department or the officer. Now, uh, the police department's only going to be liable if it is if it is a custom or policy that they are 
arresting people for open or concealed carry. And that's really hard to prove. Uh, so I would, if you hear that there's a police department doing this, you need to write a letter to your city council members and tell them that, hey, this, your police department is doing this and it's against the law. Uh, because otherwise, you're not going to be able to sue the city. Um, now, the individual police officers oftentimes get bailed out by the city. I've never had a case where I've sued a police officer where the state of Arkansas or a city didn't step in afterwards and say, we're going to pay this police officer's legal bills because that's just the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm fine with that. As, I don't care where the money comes from as long as it's – as long as the person who was injured gets paid. So, Whit, this is a relatively new case, but Taft's been around for a while and, you know, very small set of people I'm talking about. But I've asked probably 20, 30 cops from maybe 10, 15 different agencies just in general conversation, have you heard about the Taft case? None, zero of all the law enforcement officers I've talked to, city, county, state, when I've inquired, did they know about the Taft case? So there, there was the case. The court said something to the effect of the law is clear that it's not a crime. But if, if the cops aren't getting educated, um, as we tell people, you don't know what cop, constable, deputy, trooper, agent you're going to run into that doesn't know it or doesn't like it. Um, right. And I, I think that has been a concentrated effort by the Arkansas State Police to obfuscate and obscure and hide the law. And that's been their goal since day one uh, when this statute was passed. They make, what, $3 million a year or more uh, from concealed handgun license fees. So I, I think they just wanted so badly for this not to be the law that they were just trying to wish it so. The attorney general, uh, the first one, Dustin McDaniel, didn't help. His opinion, actually, <laughs> I think it's almost more accurate than Leslie Rutledge's opinion because he, he was actually crafty about it. He, he avoided the question altogether and yep. made up his own question. And, and then in the footnotes, you can kind of find the answer that, uh, that by the way, Mr. Hyman's right. You know, this is it. <laughs> but the, he, he never says it. And then uh, Leslie Rutledge came out with her opinions, and they've been largely garbage um, but they they get some of the more clear ideas out there right but now after this i imagine she's going to have to change change that even further um, if she decides to address it again so kind of a combination with what dave said if 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 a, a arkansas resident a citizen is driving from volunteering at a homeless shelter to a church where he's going to make a large donation he is just completely innocent He's encountered by law enforcement that finds out he has a weapon and he arrests the, the citizen. Now, this is probably unlikely. He'd probably get cited, but let's just say he arrests the citizen, puts him in jail, tows his car, confiscates his gun, and then the citizen contacts an attorney and thousands of dollars lay, later in legal fees, lost work, embarrassment, bad publicity, he gets the charges dropped and he gets his gun back eventually. After all that, what do you, what's what? do you likely think he would get out of the legal system? Uh, well, you know, that's, I, I think he'd be, had the legal right to get everything back that he spent. As long as he keeps track of exactly how much he spent and for what, and that's very tricky to sue because you have to make sure that they didn't drop your charges uh, and, and 
on condition that you stay out of trouble for so long or something like that. You, you want a full dismissal. You want to, you have to press for a full dismissal and, um, otherwise they can say, no, you, you didn't get a full dismissal. You took some kind of, uh, be good pro probation and, and therefore you can't sue. So it's kind of tricky. Uh, so if you, if you do get stopped and arrested for this, make sure, your criminal defense attorney is in contact with me so that I can tell you and tell him exactly what needs to be done in order for you to preserve your case to sue later. Cause they make it really difficult to yeah. sue any government agent. Yeah. Now, I mean, technically I, I guess it, it's possible that you could sue over all this and, and a jury could hear your facts and, and only give you a dollar. But if, if you're a nice person, if in the video you're not screaming, you know, I'm going to call my lawyer, you know, as long as you're polite and firm about what your rights are in the video, uh, I think you're going to be fine. See, what I'm looking for and I can't find is motivation for police officers or departments to change. And because basically if they cite you, if, if, if one, they're ignorant because they haven't been educated or two, they know it, but they're, they just don't like it. So they arrest you, they cite you, they cause you all these problems, these embarrassment, possibly lost work or lost job. And then what they're basically done is they have fined you because you have to go hire an attorney. So at the end of the right. day, it's dismissed. You get all your stuff back. But basically, they have fined you thousands of dollars because you had to go hire an attorney. And then I hear people say, well, yeah, well, we won. Well, you won the court case, but you didn't really win. No. And I don't see the mo- I don't see any motivation for police departments, law enforcement agencies, or individual cops. Uh, because, okay, they you know months later you get your stuff back and they dismiss it, but there's no motivation for the cop who arrested or cited you to not do it again because he didn't pay a price. Well, that, that's what this is about. And even, you know, what, what I always do in all these cases is I try to be nice at first. Uh, I send them, uh, you know, for all of my clients where I, where I firmly believe in what you did – I will send a letter to the police department, a letter to the police officer and to the city, and I'll say, look, I'm about to file a lawsuit for this guy. Here are his damages. Just pay him, and, you know, don't worry about paying me. Otherwise, you know, after I file a lawsuit and after we win, you're going to end up paying me as well. Because they have to pay for your attorney fees when you sue to this, and and. You know, just for one example, I've got a case going on right now where I offered to settle for a thousand dollars, and it's very possible by the end of the year uh, they're going to be ordered to pay me fifty thousand dollars. Oh, that's significant! And, and it's been going on since you know we filed our lawsuit on June second, twenty sixteen. So this, this is the one in Greenbrier. No, that's different. We we oh, haven't okay. we haven't filed. Yeah, his his case is is on the cusp of being filed. I've got it on my desk. Okay. <laughs> All right. The but the, the issue is, um, you know, there's, if, if for some reason, a lot of these, a lot of these places want to double down and pretend like they didn't do anything wrong, but I always try to give them the chance to, to make it right. Um, you know, so. All right. Let me ask you a final question. Our guest is uh, Whit Hyman. He's an attorney at long defense attorney out in Fort Smith He's been dealing with this whole thing about, you know, carrying a gun without a license and et cetera, et cetera. And 746, Act 746 covers this, and 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 they kind of play three blind mice, you know, with this in the law enforcement. Uh, 
so who is supposed to when something like this happens that changes the the weight of the law completely uh that's out there who's supposed to notify police agencies hey you can't do this anymore be aware does anybody hold that to responsibility there's there is a a breakdown the arkansas state police sends out over new case law uh i've seen it in some of my lawsuits they they hit like hey this week in the Arkansas Court of Appeals, here's some stuff that changed, and they're supposed to be the ones changing the curriculum down at the academy. Um, I don't know why they've completely ignored TAF, apparently, but hopefully with this next one, they'll look out for the interest of the officers and and inform them that what that you can carry a concealed handgun license or a concealed handgun without a license. So uh, only time will tell, but either way, uh, I think people should do it, and you know, if you don't exercise the right, you'll lose it. So that's right. Wait, wasn't it after Taft that the director of the state police was asked in a legislative committee hearing, "Is it a crime in Arkansas to carry a gun?" And he said, you, "Each individual should contact their own county prosecutor yeah. and dodge the question." <laughs> yeah, and then if you, they, uh, yeah, he did say that. And then if you looked at a lot of their material, they, I, I think. Even the Attorney General of Arkansas, Leslie Rutledge, was talking about how well you can't you can't carry it concealed, and everyone was like, well, what, "What's your basis?" Well, you just can't. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, like well, why why do we have a concealed handgun license uh, scheme if 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 you if you can just carry concealed without a license? Well, I think Arkansas is one of about 17 states that issues a concealed handgun license that also allows you to uh, carry openly or concealed without a license. So. Well, and 746 uh, was passed after the statutes that established the consent. That's correct. Laws. Right. So they would take precedent over there. Yeah, there's there's all these arguments that they try to pull out that just don't make a lot of sense. Um, and I'm glad that the court cut through that. And they honestly didn't even address a lot of the BS arguments from the attorney general's office. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they just ignored it and said, no, the, the law is clear. This is, this is it. So. All right. We thank you for your time. Thanks for the extra time today. Lots of interesting questions about this. And uh, if you're watching on Facebook today, share this with as many people as you possibly can. If you're listening on radio, go to uh, 101.1 FM, the answer dot com. Uh, find the uh, podcast of this and share it with as many friends as you have that you can. We need to get the information out about this and stop this insanity that's going on uh, here in in the in the state. Whit uh, Hyman, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, thanks, Dave. I, I will say, don't carry on government property or in government property or at a school bus stop. Uh, those are that's still very illegal, but everything else uh, is generally okay. Well, any any time that you're over here in Little Rock, let us know, and we'll get you here in the studio if you don't mind getting up early. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll do Thanks, all right Dave. talk to you later yeah. bye-bye yeah. now all right that's what hyman interesting segment there yep and i hope that clarifies this for a lot of people out there just know it doesn't protect you from some you know rambo out there or or texas ranger from wanting to you know be uneducated and do things that are illegal they may do that uh but a a right that is not exercised is not a right anymore. And I think that's the problem, Dave. People don't see it as a right. 
when we start talking with, I think, most people, unfortunately, when we start talking about where and where, where you can and can't carry a gun, they look at it like where you can and can't carry your emotional support lizard. You know, it's no big deal. If you can't carry your lizard into here, you can't carry your lizard over there. It's just a silly rule about where you can carry an object. It, the gun is for self-defense. So when they make a law that says you can't carry a gun in a certain place, what they're saying is you must be defenseless in here. You yeah. must give up your right to self-defense. And to me, that's abhorrent. I agree with and you. And there, there is no place they can protect you. When people say, well, the government is there to protect them. I show them the, the picture of uh, uh, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, his assassin getting shot. Uh, while he's being flanked by two police officers. That's like right. The, the police cannot, they're generally there for protection. They they can offer some protection, but they are not your bodyguards. Oswald being shot by Ruby. So when they say when you go into the school to attend a teacher's conference, when you go into the courthouse to pay your taxes, when you go into this place, you can't carry your gun. What they're saying is you must surrender your right to sit, not to carry a gun, but self-defense. You, you need to be defenseless. You must agree to be a victim if someone attacks you in these places. That's abhorrent. It's All right. We'll come back, talk more. Uh, I've got maybe a couple of questions here for, for Ed as well. We'll finish up this talk on gun rights here in just a moment. It's uh, 48 degrees. It's 10 minutes till 7. In Cabot, it's 48. Conway, 48. Hot Springs, 51. Pine Bluff, 49. But here in Little Rock, it's 48. <laughs> 